Well, hello everyone. This is Data Driven Formula One with Patrick Hans and Gana Pagrevna. Hi, Patrick. Hello, Gana. Hello, Gana. Hello, everyone. Yeah, it's been a long delay and um, it's my fault <laughs> because I was <laughs> completely submerged in work. So uh, many thanks for Patrick's patience with this one, with yeah. me and with my working schedule. No um, problem. Yeah, so I just want to also remind everyone that uh, this is meant. This was meant to be a podcast. So what we're doing is we're kind of talking about the topic. Uh, but if you're watching us on YouTube or Spotify, we also demonstrate quite a lot of things uh, with images, um, and uh, we only share images that we can legally share based on um, Creative Commons uh, license or uh, any other images that we can sh uh, show ethically. So, you know, um, we always encourage you to actually watch the um, original footage from Formula One or from uh, commentary associated with Formula One. So um, this is uh, what, what you can expect if you are watching us the first time around. But we always appreciate likes and comments. So please do engage with us. Yeah, and uh, today's uh, topic is Gran Turismo, uh, the movie, which we had uh, one a little bit more than one um, month ago here at the theaters. And also, uh, as it's based on a true story and based on a, a computer game, we will speak a little bit about uh, both. Uh, so uh, you, of course, this time also invited uh, to see it uh, on the your streaming service platform. Uh, and of course, if you have a PlayStation, uh, you uh, will know because it's practically one of the uh, must uh, games for the PlayStation. And it's a game only available for PlayStation as it was developed by a Sony um, daughter company. Yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, I just also want to say that uh, this video does not include any paid, paid components, so this is only our own opinions. So we're exactly. not paid by the by the movie creators or by the uh, game creators. So you can expect that uh, you know we'll just talk about our own impressions from both the movie and the game. And yes. I guess it's significance. You know, there are some ethical ethical issues around it um that we will discuss as well yeah exactly so let's yeah let's continue start. yep mm -hmm. and first uh, uh, let's uh, speak a little bit about the game uh, gran uh, turismo which i have tested for you uh, not kidding i had it already before as i said it's one of the uh, must games for the uh, playstation uh, it was uh, developed uh, by a company, it's called Polyphony Digital, a Japanese uh, designer studio, which uh, belongs uh, to Sony. I'm not sure if they belong to them since the beginning or had been uh, acquired by them. Um, it includes a high number of uh, licensed cars from practically uh, each uh, car manufacturer. I don't know how many, but... It's a big, big, big list. Uh, they've been uh, sold uh, 90 million units of this uh, game since it uh, debuted in 1997. So uh, you see this game is on the market now for 26 years. And as I said, it's one of the uh, top um, selling franchise for the PlayStation. And uh, you may even say uh, it's one of the reasons why you buy the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. That's Latest version have been published in 2022 for the uh, and uh, for the latest uh, PlayStation, which is five, if I'm correct. Uh, and it's continuously uh, developed there. So there are add-ons, additional cars. Um, and also they work together with uh, different manufacturers. Uh, for example, if you have the game, you are aware that there are some uh, prototypes uh, for example, by Mercedes-Benz, which Mercedes-Benz exclusively um, designed for the PlayStation, meaning they are only existing in this cyberspace. There's no real Mercedes um, prototype uh, like this. And same is also valid for, I think, for Chrysler and other manufacturers. 
Besides this, they're working together with the Japanese Super Formula Championship. And this is, uh, I think, also relevant uh, for the movie. And we will come back uh, to this a little bit later. Yes, that's right. And, uh, well, I guess, um, um, you know, it's... Um, uh, I guess it's it would it's it's interesting it would be interesting to do some uh, kind of research into it and analysis how many racing games actually exist for the yep. for the uh, PlayStation and uh, to, to be fair the Nintendo Switch uh, and and uh, you know to understand like how and the Xbox like, of yeah course. and the Xbox yeah and like what is the most popular one. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, we would speak here about a uh, long, long uh, history as the first game-related Formula One may, you may say, has been a uh, pit stop from 1979 by Atari. Yeah, and we have a special right on this uh, when we were speaking about um, e, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, e-racing. So we do, we do have a special that we've done a while ago um but yeah we, like in in the description for this video we'll put a link to it as well so you can have a look at, at that and uh, there patrick even did a demo video so you can actually look at uh, how you play the game and all that but i'm sure that there, a, there are many uh, there should be many uh, videos on youtube when people play this game right mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, this episode, uh, yes, we speak about a pit stop as maybe the, the first one, uh, but it's not speaking about all the thousands or hundreds at least of uh, Formula One games as there must be really a lot and you find them on YouTube. Uh, some you may also find on uh, what's called uh, the web uh, archive where you can download uh, free uh, games which have not copyrights anymore, which you can play in the browser. So there are really there's really a long history of uh, racing games, including Formula One. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess this is something we can look into as well, just to look at like what is the most popular game. Yeah, and uh, I mean normally we are a Formula One podcast. Uh, Today is a little bit a special case as uh, Gran Turismo is not has no focus on uh, Formula mm -hmm. One. Uh, I mean, you know, there's uh, a separate Formula One game every year, a new one. But uh, there is at least uh, one Formula One car uh, available um, because uh, at least uh, the version number five has been created together with the uh, Ayrton Senna charity uh, organization so which includes uh, some uh, video about Senna's uh, history and you are able to buy some of his cars at least if you have the money because also uh, inside this game uh, money is the big problem you see uh, on the left uh, for example uh, the go-kart uh, it's still this is quite uh, easy uh, to acquire also, as an average uh, player, 100,000 credits, it's uh, reachable uh, without problems. But uh, 1 million is already a little bit um, uh, bigger problem. So you have to be a little bit more a uh, dedicated gamer. And to be honest, uh, for buying something for 3 million US dollar, you really have to be a very experienced uh, gamer especially as you cannot use uh, this Formula One car that much in um, in uh, Gran Turismo because the various uh, races and challenges, uh, they ask you to uh, you use special kind of cars. So you have limitation on uh, power. Sometimes you only allow Japanese cars, sometimes European cars, whatever. So uh, you cannot use a Formula One car that much uh, in the game, really. Some of the free races you can have fun with it, but it's not really giving you a big uh, advantage for the gameplay itself. But at least, yes, there's one Formula One car inside, and I'm not sure if there's also one of the Ferrari ones um, inside. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, but uh, I guess that's uh, not not too surprising because obviously Ayrton Senna <laughs> is a very popular figure. 
um, and also you know the obviously the Ferrari team there are many fans who would want to to probably get a, get a car and it just depends on how them how they're monetizing it I mean I I'll be honest I haven't played the game so uh, don't really know how how it's monetized but I guess uh, you probably can also use cash to buy things in it right so like, yes yeah. it's not uh, that extreme as uh, other games which mm -hmm. also have been uh, in the past highly criticized uh, because you practically cannot uh, play them without uh, buying mm -hmm. add-ons uh, so it's quite limited uh, in Gran Turismo so normally you buy the game and then you mm -hmm. can uh, advance based on on your um, skills so it's not that you can get have mm -hmm. to buy a super engine which at one point you need uh, with uh, cash so uh, it's not highly um, monetized but let's mm -hmm. say they are Sometimes updates with additional cars, which uh, which are for the fan, but I mean you don't uh, need uh, special cars uh, to advance, so it's not highly monetized. Yeah, but still, right, right the engagement that also is quite uh, precious to many developers. Yeah. So if you, yes. I guess this is this one is like the longer you engage, the better off you are. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that also is a monetization engine for the for the developers yeah. usually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's more the other way around. Uh, it, it's a great uh, platform from uh, marketing. So that's the reason why, for example, Mercedes-Benz mm -hmm. are presenting their uh, prototype on this uh, platform. So again, um, uh, there are a lot of cars, including uh, racing cars, uh, just as an example, uh, the Alpha 155 touring car, which have been driven by various uh, Formula 1 drivers back in the 90s, including Alessandro Nanini, Christian Dana, Gabriele Tacchini, Giancarlo Fisichella, Giorgio Flancia, Michael Bartels, Michele Alboreto, Nicola Larini, who won the championship 93 and uh, Stefano Molina. Some of these names we already uh, mentioned in our um, normal podcasts as we are now in the middle of the 80s. Uh, some mm -hmm. people mentioned in the next episode. Uh, so just include this uh, relation. Also, a short video myself mm -hmm. driving the Lotus Esprit uh, V8. Yep. So this is the graphics from the uh, version number five which is not the latest, which looks a little bit uh, better as it's for the new PlayStation. But I mean, I don't see the that extreme, the differences. So uh, here you have the cockpit view. I mean, from a gaming perspective, uh, I find it more difficult to use uh, this uh, from the inside, but uh, would you prefer the classical one where you see the car from behind? Yeah, because yeah. you have a much better view. Yeah, of I course, just this looks more better for the video. Yeah, that's right. I just um, uh, sort of well, not not just, but not too long ago, I came back from the holiday, uh, and I was in Auckland where we went to a, like a VR, uh, like a, a big like VR studio, and uh, yeah, there were quite a lot of racing. I think out of uh, maybe ten different uh, activities that you could do, maybe over half of them were racing related. Um, and, uh, you know, the well, the experience, of course, like when you can do it in, in VR or kind of uh, metaverse type of uh, yeah. experience is uh, really interesting. And, um, yeah, I found that actually, yeah, it was uh, a lot better in uh, like Formula One style car or motorcycle than in this like more road, <laughs> road based car because I just don't yeah. have like the, you know, the sort of, I'm not used to the, um, the, the surroundings, but, um, yeah, it looks good. It, uh, it just looks like a really nice interface. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. Especially uh, interesting for people outside Germany, uh, because with all the speed limits, you not really uh, can drive your car, whatever you have quite on the limit. That's right. That's right. There are not many uh, places that you can actually, yeah. unless you drive in this, uh, the actual circuit. Like here yeah. in uh, uh, in Australia, we have um, Bathurst 1000 and uh, mm -hmm. actually work uh, a lot in Bathurst and um, um, uh, there is a circuit, like as basically I can see it from my office window, 
but unfortunately for the general public like if you are obviously a, a part of supercar community uh, on the on the day of the race you can uh, drive it very fast and you can also yeah. go to practices but um, uh, members of the general public uh, are allowed to go on the circuit like every day but uh, they only allowed to drive it on some like ridiculous speed limit like six miles an hour or something like this so like you really have to be very careful with it uh, but um, I actually do have like footage uh, when we went around the circuit um, so I will probably, Patrick and I might actually talk about it uh, to do a, spe do a special episode on it because there is also a really nice museum nearby. Of yep. course, it's not Formula One, but, you know, still um, quite an, an interesting place to go and see the maybe road race. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this would then also relate a little bit more again uh, to our today's topic. Uh, one of the few... Um, uh, racetracks where you can drive with your private car without speed limits is uh, the uh, Nürburgring. So uh, when you go there, um, of course, you have to pay it. Uh, you get a, a helmet um, because I said there's no speed limits and uh, there are always uh, accidents. You just have to uh, look a little bit in YouTube. You find So you find a lot of people crashing their private uh, cars at the Nürburgring, including uh, more heavily accidents. So this would be a, one of the few racetracks where you really can drive uh, freely with your car uh, on the uh, personal limit. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. sometimes over the limit as there are a lot of people who are not really uh, skilled. Yeah, but so. uh, it, it's also, you know, it, it is uh, also one of the most dangerous tracks. Uh, so yes. one of the most difficult tracks. Uh, yeah, I haven't been around uh, Nürburgring in a car, but, uh, you know, was uh, uh, you know, Silverstone, for example, and, and Monaco. But, uh, yeah, but it's not really, uh, yeah, I, I, I cannot even imagine. I mean, it, it would be nice to try Nürburgring, but I, I don't think I have the guts to do it because it's just <laughs> just a very, yeah, it, very it, difficult really, track. <laughs> yeah. it, it is, uh, from my experience, yes. Uh, and... Uh... Uh, some of the uh, more tragic points, and we, uh, which we will discuss today, uh, is the uh, Nürburgring accident. Um, and I mention this because uh, the, the complete uh, Nürburgring Nordschleife is uh, part of the uh, game. And so you can drive uh, the Nürburgring and you can even uh, drive it with the mentioned uh, Nissan, uh, which have been involved in the um, in the accident. And even if you drive the Nürburgring on uh, Gran Turismo, you see how difficult this track is in comparison to the to normal today's tracks. Right. Yeah, so the movie. Well, I saw the movie. Um, uh, actually, I quite like it. I don't really know what the ratings are. <laughs> <laughs> they are quite uh, they're quite good i just yeah. checked it uh, they are uh, 7.1 from 10 which is quite good sorry let me do my online sorry 7.2 on uh, the movie uh, database on imdb oh, yeah yeah so yes. yeah so so it was a it, it was a nice a nice film kind of reminded me some of the films uh, in the 90s and 2000s about uh, um about racing but um yeah i mean it was 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 very good and um yeah obviously i mean uh, i guess the the presence of Orlando Bloom is uh, probably the, the good, <laughs> uh, the good attraction. But yeah, the the other two actors and, uh, are sorry, she... and, uh, and uh, maybe also uh, David Harbour, uh, which is very well known um, as he stars in uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I'm saying. But the other the other two actors, uh, um, Archie McDevy yeah. and David Harbour, are also very yeah. good in, in this film. Yeah, and um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those sort of Cinderella stories, almost, right? So when yeah. <laughs> when you have uh, someone uh, from completely unexpected background uh, entering the uh, the sport, but it's cool that it's based on the true story. Right, uh, and uh, 
And uh, only to mention, um, as uh, you may uh, hear on uh, media, uh, cinemas uh, are still quite in a crisis. If we uh, forget uh, Barbie and uh, Oppenheimer, so a lot of big uh, franchise have, are struggling. And this was a little bit a uh, surprising uh, hit, uh, a small budget of 60 million uh, US dollar. And this led uh, up to today to here in the US only to uh, office results of 43.7 million US dollar and on a global level, uh, 100, 107.6 million US dollar. So it was uh, quite a uh, success and a little bit uh, surprising, uh, maybe, yeah. related to the big uh, other movies we had this year. So it did uh, very well. Yeah, it did very well, but I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, you you want to kind of uh, get a complete return in the US. So in that in that sense, yeah. it, it's still kind of underperforming. But um, what I want to say is that that's not again not surprising because uh, the market for racing in the US is quite is quite slim compared to Europe. I think it's a European thing because. Uh, from personal experience, I lived in New, in New York for many years, and uh, it's very difficult to find, for example, uh, a place uh, you know in New York City where you can watch a Formula One race. So, if we're talking yeah. about pop popular kind of sp sports bars, um, uh, you know, it, it's it, it is a challenge. Like you can definitely find a ball game, like a basketball game, or you know. <laughs> American football game very easily, but uh, to find the place where you can watch on a, like on a big screen um, uh, some racing, it, it is tough. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, besides this, um, it wasn't practically a U.S. story. Uh, it's uh, relate more related to it happens in the UK. Yes. And besides this, um, here in the U.S., the PlayStation is not the leading console but the uh, Xbox, uh, Xbox, so it's also not uh, in this an opposite uh, to Europe, where I think the PlayStation is more popular than the Xbox. Um, yeah, but still, they, they did pretty yeah. well. So I guess this was yeah, more it, it, targeted. It did, uh, quite well, yes. Yeah, it, 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 um, I mean, it, it, uh, it paid for itself. It doubled, yes. sort of, yes. more, more than doubled uh, the, the budget. But um, yeah, it probably was deliberately created for the European market more than, the, yeah. than for the US market. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And also, the, of course, the Asian Japanese market. Yeah, and um, I think the the flow of the film is uh, very uh, uh, very much kind of more European than the well in my in in my personal opinion. I don't know what the creators wanted to do, but um, uh, yeah, so it's it's much more uh, reminiscent of the European films because there is a lot of character development so it's not it's not a film that you watch for i mean there are great of course great racing uh, um, special effects but uh, yeah i think it's more about kind of character development and what happens with uh, uh, john mandelboro who is the kind of the prototype of the um of the main character than mm -hmm. you know the, the racing itself yeah what uh, may have helped uh, some a little bit here in the US and uh, also on global level, I could imagine had been the uh, big uh, success of the Ted Lasso uh, Apple Plus series, which have, even if it's about uh, soccer or football in the UK, it was also a big, big, big hit here in the US. So maybe this also opened a little bit um, the doors for this movie, mm -hmm. I could imagine. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, this is also an important point that um, that we have on the slide now. So I think it was quite controversial to to do us this story because um, um, uh, John Mandenborough, who actually was the prototype, he was in fact involved in a, in 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 a tragic uh, crash um, mm -hmm. and was the well. He basically was the uh, the person who put kind of other people's lives in danger, and in fact, uh, accidentally killed a member of the audience. So we will see that, and uh, yeah, we also want to warn you that there will be some kind of more distressing um, 
images when we when we get to that. So uh, yep. this film was actually subsequently also uh, criticized not only for picking this character but also for uh, having uh, the scene, the crash scene uh, in the movie. Yep. Yeah, and this is John Mandenborough. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, very young guy and uh, very sort of really uh, very passionate about um, e-racing, right, in the first place, who yep. indeed was very successful in actual real three-dimensional racing. <laughs> exactly, and uh, he also came from a sportive uh, family as uh, his father, uh, Steve, was a professional uh, football player uh, in the UK. And uh, he was, uh, a John, I think he was a blue collar worker, if I'm uh, correct, but with a big passion for sim racing and sim racing, not the uh, professional one, um, but uh, games like uh, Gran Turismo. So here he won uh, um, the, the Gran Turismo Academy, uh, which I think also have been sponsored by Nissan, with, which gave him then the opportunity to drive the Nissan uh, uh, cars, like for example, in the Dubai 24-hour race. And uh, later he entered Formula 3, uh, GP3, GP2 series. He even uh, participated at the 24 hours at uh, Le Mans and the FIA World Endurance Championship. And uh, then he continued uh, his way uh, not into uh, Formula 2, Formula 1, but uh, practically the various races in uh, Japan as the Super GT and the Super Formula uh, 1 series, as I've mentioned. And I think here also the uh, cooperation with uh, Sony um, for this game uh, has helped him open the doors. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, this is a very... Um, so we, we kind of, during the pandemic, we discussed uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, what was happening. So this is a story of a person who was... Uh, uh, a gamer, right? And then he became the racer. Uh, with Patrick, we previously discussed in the previous uh, special episode that we yeah. will give you the link to um, uh, under this video. Um, the, uh, what happened uh, when uh, when the story was kind of the other way around? When you know, professional um, prof uh, professional drivers, and especially Formula One drivers, were driving. Um, uh, 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 were driving in uh, gaming championships and in e-championships, e and um, uh, we will we will talk about uh, some of uh, some of those yeah. today as well. Yeah. Yep. So okay, uh, as we, oh. yeah, and here we have a little bit uh, his uh, career starting uh, in the 2011 with the GT4 European Cup, which have been. Uh, e-racing and uh, now we are speaking about uh, more professional um, uh, events even still with uh, Gran Turismo uh, num number four but I think already uh, with uh, sponsored uh, hardware so not just the normal um, uh, PlayStation uh, controller but uh, some more sophisticated uh, hardware and uh, last year, oh, sorry, not last year, uh, still this year, he's uh, been active uh, in Japan in the Super Taikyu uh, series. Yeah, and you can see that he's been um, also, uh, the surprise for me is uh, uh, the 24-hour Le Mans uh, yeah. results are very, very good, <laughs> for especially for a person who doesn't, doesn't sort of... Uh, you know, right. ca came from gaming background. That sounds like really, really great. So he's got a second and fifth, right? Uh, yep. Which is uh, quite amazing. Yeah, and also uh, if you speak about the British uh, F3 Championship, uh, a sixth place. Uh, okay, it's not the uh, the best of the best, but it's a very competitive uh, series. Uh, so uh, sixth place is uh, quite uh, good. Uh, especially if you not started classically with the card, but started practically with the PlayStation. 
Yeah, so that's uh, this. These are the sort of the dis distressing images that I sort of was was talking about, and uh, this is the accident that uh, Patrick and I were talking about earlier in mm -hmm. 2015 uh, when uh, uh, Mandenboro basically crashed in Nürburgring, and uh, um, several people in the audience were. I mean, basically, his yeah, his car went up in the air and. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he, um, well, accidentally, but he did hurt several people uh, yeah. who were uh, who were watching, several fans, and one of them actually lost uh, lost life as a as a result yeah. of this. Yeah, and I, uh, and you mentioned that the uh, critics have been uh, also related how the movie uh, showed this uh, scene. Yeah. So maybe yeah. you can describe as uh, you saw. Yeah, it it's just was uh, very graphic. So I guess um, yeah, the, this was the most kind of controversial part about Mandenborough's biography and his biography as a driver. And um, yeah, in in the film, it's uh, it's portrayed quite graphically. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously, that adds the sort of the um, probably the drama to 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 the film. However, it is also um, probably quite distressful to watch if you are, you know, the relatives of the people who got affected by this. And you know, it's it's just something that. Um, I guess filmmakers could be more careful about uh, because it just depends how, on how you show it, right? And sometimes you don't have to show the accident itself. You can just sort of show the events around it and maybe some character development. And, you know, was John Mandenborough the same person before and after? I think that's the important part to show, but probably not the, you know, uh, the accident itself. Yeah, uh, but uh, of course, a, a important part of the uh, biography and uh, maybe uh, something you would not uh, automatically have um, expected uh, from a movie if you just saw the first uh, trailers. Uh, as um, as let's say, if you see saw it maybe the first time the trailer, you may be thinking it's uh, some fun movie like Fast and uh, Furious, but. Uh, uh, it also included uh, this uh, more serious topic of his life. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, uh, speaking about the event itself rather than the movie, I'm actually quite surprised uh, that he kind of walked from it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, it, it looked very serious. And even in these images, it looks very serious. But, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that he just walked from it. Yeah. Which also, I guess, speaks a lot about the safety measures in Nürburgring and uh, the safety the measures for the drivers that have evolved um, significantly. Okay. And uh, then, uh, as I said, uh, um, he continued uh, his career in uh, Japan. And I'm sure this also in connection uh, with uh, Sony and uh, Nissan, so he uh, participated at the Japanese Super Formula One Championship, uh, which is a quite uh, interesting concept, as you may say, uh, a little bit shortened. It's a kind of a local Formula One uh, series. Uh, uh, of course, not at the, at the high uh, limits um, as Formula One, but on the other hand, with a big uh, focus on uh, sustainability, uh, which may be uh, related to Japanese uh, culture. Uh, so they use uh, um, a, a chassis um, constructed by the Italian company Dallara, the SF23, so not to mix up with the Ferrari uh, 2F23, which we see this year in uh, Formula One. And interesting is, um, uh, this also relates then again to our other episode that uh, this chassis is also used here in the US for the Indy five, Indianapolis Autonomous Driving League, uh, where they used this Dallara and uh, equipped it with an algorithm where different uh, universities from all over the world uh, participate uh, to have uh, the most uh, fast uh, autonomous um, Dallara. 
So as I said, uh, they have a big focus uh, to uh, decrease carbon dioxide emissions, for example, by 75%. They try to have uh, special tires, which are carbon neutral. So they have really a big focus to see how we can make uh, car racing more sustainable. Yeah. So we discussed uh, this guy. That's that's actually what I meant. Uh, so this is George Russell, obviously, and uh, yeah, he. Um, well, you uh, at the time when he was competing in the uh, and and won the, the championship uh, in in the e racing, he actually was um, a driver for Williams, I believe, that year. And yeah, we were talking about how you know he. Uh, uh, actually was uh, probably sort of um, a great driver who didn't have enough opportunities with William's team because the car wasn't there for him. But yeah, he uh, he actually um, is one of the examples when, you know, we had a Formula One driver in e-championship and uh, he was very successful there. Yeah, and interesting as we saw in COVID times is that uh, especially the younger Formula One drivers uh, did also very good in uh, e-racing, a little bit less uh, uh, the older ones. And uh, so, I mean, the general question is um, when we will see the first uh, Formula One driver who started in e-racing, as we see with uh, Jan, he went up to a Formula 3 not uh, completely uh, made it, but uh, I would assume it's only a question of time for somebody who maybe started first in uh, e-racing, uh, switch uh, to physical racing and make it up to a Formula One. Uh, yeah, also the... important, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna ask her, but you know, it's it's a big question of whether it's the same skill, right? Is it the same skill yes. that you're training? I think that probably the visual reaction, yes, but I mean, there is a lot of kind of physicality when you're inside the actual car, and yeah. uh, the reaction uh, probably is not only kind of. Uh, mental and like dexterial like when you're working with your hands but like your your body has to respond very quickly so again, i'm oh, guessing yes. that unless you are in like a complete uh, uh, simulator of the car it's uh, probably the exp the skill that you are developing is not exactly the same or even though you of course you are still re reacting a lot with your hands right as a formula one yeah. driver yeah. Uh, but it's still like you I think there is probably more to it than 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 just hands and brain. <laughs> yeah, you have a good point here. Uh, um, on the other hand, what may uh, support um, uh, this theory is that uh, the cars themselves they become more like uh, computers. So, uh, 2023 uh, Formula One. I mean, you see here the steering wheel. Um, this. Uh, a lot of electronics, so uh, this may help a little bit. Uh, that we find this and also um, on the other hand, uh, the costs for real racing, including kart racing, is uh, very high today. And um, Lewis Hamilton had said uh, uh, some years ago that if he would start uh, today his career, it wouldn't have been possible because his family hadn't had the budget uh, to even finance his kart uh, racing. Yeah, but I mean, um, this is actually an interesting point about uh, diversity and inclusion in Formula yeah. One. So you would have thought that uh, e-racing kind of makes it very accessible to women or to some underrepresented groups in uh, Formula One. Uh, but uh, we don't see many women, at least uh, there are not uh, kind of famous uh, examples of women winning the e-championship or, you know, so, so I'm wondering why, why it doesn't doesn't that sort of the the diversity inclusion why doesn't catch up with um um with the e-racing because i mean i appreciate the the, the uh, barriers to physical racing uh, yep. for women but e-racing should be accessible and uh, we just don't see many women there either so so that's an interesting thing that probably yep. some researchers should look into maybe some anthropologists <laughs> I, I just wanted uh, to suggest uh, the same. It would be a good uh, topic for a study. I'm, I mean, as you still hear sometimes in um, normal 
popular articles is that uh, the gaming scene is still very male dominated. So uh, maybe not that attractive for uh, young women uh, to, to enter. That's right. <clears throat> so speaking about Formula One, uh, we have uh, official Formula One esports series uh, started 2017 and we have it since then um, every year. And I think since 2018, uh, each of our Formula One teams has uh, or even have to have an esports uh, team. So we see the, for example, um, the 2018 uh, championship uh, won by the Mercedes driver, then uh, the next two years won by the Red Bull driver, then again Mercedes and then uh, McLaren. Yeah. And also here we have, of course, some uh, dominate, dominating uh, drivers as in the beginning was uh, Brandon Lee with two championships. Uh, and then Jano uh, uh, Opmir uh, first participating for Red Bull and then switching for uh, Mercedes. So I may assume that even on a more limited uh, level, they have been uh, stars in their scene. For example, also invited to the annual race of the championships, where at least uh, on the uh, earlier races, they even, uh, uh, and here we have the uh, combination of Blakely and Opmir, they could uh, win against uh, Bottas and uh, Hekkinen. And then only in the next round, uh, they have been eliminated by Sebastian uh, Vettel and uh, Mick Schumacher. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, as you discussed, uh, uh, as there's more uh, to racing and especially related to the physical part, uh, so I, uh, and I think this would uh, confirm what you're saying. So they are, near uh, to uh, people who classically started with uh, uh, cut or other um, series, but it's not a big uh, gap. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just again wondering why we don't see more diversity, uh, despite uh, the, so there are so many tools that uh, accessible to women, for example, let's just uh, just concentrate on one underrepresented group. Uh, and yeah, and yet we don't have um, a significant uptake, which hopefully yeah, um, will change with time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So again, uh, here we have the champion, uh, Jano Abmir, uh, who's a Dutch uh, esports uh, driver, born 22, and he for example, uh, he started uh, quite uh, conventionally. So he started in Formula 4 and uh, then uh, Formula Renault and then switched to eSports uh, series. Uh, honestly, I don't know why. I could uh, imagine uh, uh, mainly for financial reasons as it's yeah, quite difficult. Mm -hmm. Probably invited. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's mostly like, yeah, probably some more opportunities uh, with sponsors and uh, advertising and all that. So, yeah. yeah. Also, maybe um, getting the idea for yourself that uh, you're better virtually than physically, or that you, for based on talent, would not make it to Formula One. So, maybe better search for your. Uh, uh, possibilities in esports. Uh, there could be various uh, reasons. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, it's it's tough to find sponsorships. It's yeah, yeah. it's it's a very involved. Uh, uh, Formula One is a very invo involved sport, so you really need yeah. to be like one hundred percent dedicated or have unlimited resources. So yeah, it's. Um, uh, I think, well, it's a good alternative anyway. Yeah. yeah. And with this, we are coming back a little bit to the beginning and speak about uh, the game uh, itself and its underlying um, AI. And uh, here we see something which uh, where we see, I think uh, we have a, quite a history of uh, humans uh, losing against the machine. Maybe started... Uh, uh, with uh, Kasparov uh, losing against the uh, Big Blue in chess, then next was I think losing um, against uh, Go, 
And then uh, it switched a little bit from the board games to early computer games uh, like uh, Miss Pac-Man. I mean, the only difference had been uh, Montezuma's uh, Revenge, where it was a little bit more difficult for the algorithm to beat the human. And uh, But after this, also the AI adapted. So practically in all the old school uh, games, independent if it's Mick, Mrs. Pac-Man, Mr. Pac-Man, or Montezuma's Revenge, uh, we don't have a chance against uh, the AI. Uh, quite yeah. a fun fact uh, for you, uh, speaking about Montezuma's Revenge, uh, the, uh, still today in modern Mexico, we have a lot of uh, uh, family members of the late Aztec uh, emperor, and they're still named uh, Montezuma as family name. So just as completely unrelated fun fact. Yeah, I just want to ask you, uh, the Patrick, I think we need to clarify what GT Sophie is. Uh, I think not many people, well, at least some people might not know what, what that is. Yeah, it's uh, it's practically the algorithm, an algorithm developed by uh, Sony uh, to uh, manage the uh, cars, uh, the um, AI uh, opponents to a bit... Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, Gran Turismo has the option for multiplayer games, so you're connected, and you can drive against uh, a bigger number of human players. Like it's quite standard today, but also you can use it as a classic game and drive against the computer opponent uh, in the other cars. And here, uh, Sony has been uh, experimenting uh, how to make this. Uh, computer opponents uh, more intelligence and uh, faster. And uh, this was uh, what they called uh, the GT uh, Sophie. And uh, I don't yeah, know it's basically exactly a... why Sophie. It's basically the, yeah, the algorithm that uh, like a, uh, that drives, right? And, and yeah. uh, you can uh, like you can drive against the bot, and that's that's it. And uh, it's yes. very very successful in the game. But you know, it, we also have to be mindful of the fact that because it's, it is a computer game and uh, it follows kind of the laws of the computer game obviously the computer will be quite good at it <laughs> you would expect yeah. but i'm just wondering if you know if you put like a self-driving car uh, uh, on a circuit then i i guess the, the outcome would not be as cheerful as we see here yeah, yeah but it was uh, featured right in multiple publications including nature i think we have a slide on on that as well um, and uh, yeah, in, indeed, uh, the algorithm is doing pretty well against people in this particular setting. Exactly, and they uh, tested uh, this uh, uh, quite logically against um, e-gamers, e-racers, and uh, here we have uh, finally a female one. Uh, so th there had been a group of um, of e-gamers, and one of them had been Emily Jones, and uh, she's from Australia, Melbourne, and member of the esports team uh, Trans Tasman uh, Racing. You can follow her on uh, Instagram, but she's not publishing a lot. So it was quite difficult to find a photo on her account. And in the beginning, uh, the e-gamers still uh, won against uh, the uh, cars by uh, GT Sophie. And um, uh, Sony and analyzed this and uh, found out uh, that it, the problem was not the sheer velocity because if the cars drove uh, alone, they had been much faster than the e-gamers, but the problems had been in the competition when they drove against each other, other drivers, and here they had to uh, adapt uh, the algorithm because the uh, they cannot have the 100% focus on just uh, being as fast as possible, but sometimes maybe they had to break a little bit earlier, uh, be a bit more conservative, because you, uh, like in Formula 1, you don't uh, win uh, the race in the first uh, curve. You can find uh, uh, these um, the results of this analysis in uh, Nature in Driving Force. You can find uh, this on the internet, and also uh, Sony uh, published a whole website about uh, GT Sophie. 
That's right. And um, yeah, but uh, like I said, it's uh, quite um, um, it it it's it's not very surprising that within the parameters of computer game, the algorithm is doing well because obviously yeah. you know there is an algorithm that that is running the game. Uh, yes. But yeah, uh, I guess in the in the physical world, we have all all sorts of problems with self-driving cars, and they still yeah. haven't been resolved after so many years, right? So yeah. Yes. Exactly, and um, I mean the 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 known topic is uh, a board game is a quite limited uh, reality, even if it's sophisticated as a Go. There are thousands of possibility, but it's still quite small related the big big world and the same in a video game so uh i mean we see therefore uh, a series uh, of uh, losing against ai in the limited uh, game realities starting the small chess going to the bigger go going for, uh, starting from the classic small games and practically uh, i think in all games uh, we don't have a chance against the ai independent if it's um, big, uh, the normal shooting games or uh, racing games. So it, it is, is quite a, a serious, at least in the limited realities. Okay, uh, we also will put uh, this link in the description of the video so you can uh, get more information about GT yeah. Sophie. You can explore it for yourself. Yep. That's right. And also, if you like the games uh, and the movie, you find uh, the soundtrack uh, albums. And I just uh, read an article last week that uh, also the albums uh, from the game and the movie, they're always selling quite good. So uh, gamers are really fond of the uh, soundtracks of the uh, Gran Turismo games. So it's a quite good selling soundtrack which you find, of course, also on the streaming platforms. Right, and uh, as usual, we encourage you to watch uh, the the originals. And yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, be mindful uh, that not all the footage that you see on YouTube actually yes. is uh, licensed. Uh, so yeah, you just need to be very careful with that. Yes, please. All right. So with that, yep. so thank you so much for watching. Of course, uh, we're always open to your comments and suggestions. Uh, uh, equally, please do the usual things that people on YouTube do, uh, like, you know, press on the bell and subscribe. So that's definitely that definitely motivate motivates me and Patrick to do more here on this channel. Yeah, our main channels are YouTube and Spotify, but thanks to Patrick, we also are on all sorts of uh, platforms. Um, and yeah, it was great to be here, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Bye bye. Bye.